welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Well, praise God. Kate and I had a tremendous privilege this week uh, to be with our friends Nigel and Elka. And uh, we were up at the hospice where Nigel was staying uh, because he's been very ill. And on the Tuesday morning, we were able to share with Elka and Nigel just, it still remained special to me, that time of praise we had. We were following Nigel's playlist because he thinks of everything. <laughs> uh, and we were worshipping and you could feel the presence of God. And, and Nigel was sedated so he wasn't, you know, dancing around the room. But you knew, you knew there was something the way his eyes flickered, particularly when you sung about Jesus or you felt the presence, that he was there. And his mum, Chris, and his sister, Natasha, were there in the room as well. Uh, and we, we praised God, I think it was for about an hour, I think it was about that. And at the end of that time, um, just really as a doctor came into the room and stuff, shortly just around that time, Nigel stopped breathing. And he went home to be with the Lord. And I wanted to talk about that first. Because he's leaving us something very special. If I stood here and just looked like I was living in perfect victory, I think actually that would be wrong anyway. So if uh, I stop every now and then, you'll understand. I haven't lost my husband and Samuel and Joshua. Their dad's gone on before them. But I have lost a friend and many of you have lost someone you love very dearly. Uh, And he's part of our family. A member of our congregation was saying to me on Thursday night, they were at work, and uh, they were talking, uh, you know, it affected them when they got the news. And the people at work said, but it's just somebody, well, something along these lines, this is the theme of it, but it's just somebody at your church. There's no such thing, is there? We are family. Through it all. Through it all. Through it all, we will stick together. So it was very precious to be there at that time to see him begin that final journey that we will all do at one point in our life. And I think it's really good to think this morning, what do we do now? We have to acknowledge, and I think it's important, that for many of us that that, that knew Nigel and some of those that don't know Nigel as well, it will be... A period of mourning. The family will be mourning together. And you have to acknowledge that when you're mourning, you can, you can feel kind of strange. You know, you're not fully in control of your emotions at all times. Um, I didn't get a parcel delivery on Saturday. And I got so cross. I was ringing the, the firm. <laughs> saying, where is it? Why aren't they here? I've got the card. I'm in the house. <laughs> And when I calmed down afterwards, I thought, yeah, that wasn't my normal patient calm self. I mean, I didn't shout at anybody. But um, there's going to be times when you want to shout. Most people are going to feel disappointed, maybe disillusioned. Why didn't God do anything is a common question you hear in times like this, isn't it? What about all those extraordinary miracles that we're supposed to be praying for? Yeah, what about them? 
I think that's what I want to answer this morning. Nigel was a good friend of mine. <laughs> he was one of those friends that speaks the truth. <laughs> Most of the time, he was really encouraging. Every now and again, he would come with a big finger. <laughs> I remember earlier this year, he said to me, and that, this was a finger one, let's pretend Brian is me. <laughs> and he came up to me and he said, you need to remember you've got authority, you need to use it. <laughs> he was right. He was right. <laughs> he said, you have authority in this region and you have authority in this town. You know, recently we were on a mission trip, as you know, and we were blessed to have a mission trip to Italy. You know, some people have to go to struggling nations and hardship and unusual toilets. But we were, we were in Italy, so we can't complain about that, really. It was a bit hot. <laughs> I feel like the rest of this country is at the moment, but... When we got back from there and I was talking to Nigel, what Nigel wanted to know was, did anyone get saved? Did you pray for healing? And was the presence of God there like what we're, like, like he probably used better English, like what we're having at church? You know, because he was excited, even, this is, we're not talking very long ago now, uh, he was excited about what God was doing in the church that he is part of because he is still part of it because if you remember in Hebrews it talks about the great cloud of witnesses they're not just the dusty old saints of old you know now I don't know if he's got much attention on us because he's probably pretty lost in God right now but he is up there I mean that's the awesome thing we know that when one of us who believes dies we're absolutely certain where they're gone they've just gone on the journey ahead of us we don't want them to usually but they have. And Nigel's gone on ahead. He can spruce up the mansions. <laughs> Nigel's gone on ahead, but we know where he is. Elka knows where he is. The boys know where he is. We know where he is. But there's still the pain of being separated. You think, what do I do with this? How do I, how do I go through this? Well, you live it. You can't just make a faith decision. I'm going to be fine right now. Because it doesn't work like that. You trust in God, you lean on him, you take hold of his peace, and you know that he does comfort those who mourn. You see, Nigel's legacy... In fact, Claire, why don't you come... Because Claire, we we were praying together on Wednesday night, and uh, Claire shared some thoughts to lead us into praying for different areas. It was a prayer meeting. Uh, You want a microphone? I've hidden it. Uh, and Claire shared some thoughts, uh, which then led into praying for these areas. But, uh, and I said to Claire afterwards, I said, would you share that on Sunday? Because that's the inspiration Nigel gives us. That's the legacy Nigel gives us. So I'll hand over to you for a little while. A little while. <laughs> One of the privileges I've had this week <clears throat> has been uh, listening to people's stories. And I've had quite a lot of emails as well, so I've been able to read and listen to people's stories about Nigel. And for me, it was just kind of like the last 10 years of my friendship with Elka and Nigel, inspiring and challenging, um, because that is who Nigel and Elka are 
and have been, uh, certainly for me, through the time that I've been up here. And it made me start to think more deeply about the people around me and my friends and the people here. That what is it? I don't want to wait until I haven't got someone here to think about what they really mean and about what they've given us. And you know, I want just to encourage us to tell those stories because they've built my faith. They've built my. They've they've encouraged me. They've reminded me. Of, of Nigel, they've reminded me of what he has given us and what he, he has put into this place and what he has put into so many lives. And when you finish telling stories about Nigel, so let's start telling stories about each other. Let's start being those that are going to say now, this is the impact that you're making on my life. This is the impact that each other are making on our lives because it's been stunning listening to them. And as we, as we tell stories, we hear legacy. We hear the legacy that somebody has left and is leaving because we're all living. We're all going to leave a legacy of something. We are creating a legacy right now. Um, we don't have to die to be creating a legacy. And we're all sowing seeds. And it's as we hear those stories, that is, at, that is when it kind of starts to become really real. And Nigel and Elka have lived their lives not for themselves. They've lived their lives giving. They've lived their lives sowing seeds into their children, sowing seeds into people around them. Might not always realise what they're doing, but they've lived their lives creating legacy. And I've just been so in awe of how strong that has been for Nigel. He's not someone that we've had to scrabble around and dig deep to find the legacy that he's giving us. With, there's been no, you know, it's not hard work. It is so kind of out there, so strong, so obvious. And um, having Brian Blacklock here last week kind of reminded me, I'm sure reminded many of you, of the message he brought last year about the baton and passing the baton. And here we have, this was um baton that John Sharp, Deborah's um, son, carriage in the Queen's Jubilee. Do you remember when that was being carried around the country? And he carried, it was for our region, was it? Yeah. Um, and this is the baton the, that he carried during that. And I love it, it's the Queen's Jubilee. It's a royal baton. And we have a royal baton this morning that we can choose whether we're going to pick up and we're going to carry. We don't, you know, people pass them on as, as they go, but there are things that Nigel has put into us that we've got a responsibility, I believe, yeah. and we have a privilege of being able to pick up and say, I'm going to run with it. And this week, there's been such a determination in my heart that I'm going to pick up some of those things and I'm going to say, I'm going to run harder, I'm going to run faster. I'm going to pray for Joshua and Samuel that they will run harder, they will run faster, they will carry everything. And there were four that I had, but then Pastor Paul mentioned something else on Thursday that I thought was terrible that I'd left off. Um, so the five things, I think everybody will have different things and will have other things, um, but five things that really stood out to me that are written on this baton that we can take hold of. And the first one is integrity. Nigel's a man of great integrity great integrity. If you want to go and moan about something or someone, he was bottom of your list of people to go and do so with. Definitely nowhere near the top. Um, because if you did, then he would, you know, if he thought that he had even 
being critical for one moment. He would be apologising straight off. Yeah, he was such a man of integrity. And to be, have integrity is to be the same on the inside as you are on the outside. And I really believe that Nigel was a man that was the same on the inside as he is on the outside. And how about as a church, we're the same on the outside of those walls as we are on the inside of these walls. And that as individuals, I want to pick up. That's one that I want to pick up and say, I want to be somebody of such integrity. The other one, which is two in one, because I'm cheating. Um, Prayer and worship, written heavily on this. Elka and Nigel have worshipped their way through the last six months. Every time I've been round, we've worshipped together. I don't think the iPad's been off of worship. And... You know, that they, they are a couple that have worshipped and worshipped. And many of you, some of you won't know this, but for, since we moved into this building, I don't actually know what he did before, um, so forgive me if he was doing it before, but when we moved into this building, every week as we came for sound check, he'd come with Elka and the boys, um, Elka here for 9.30 for sound check, and he would stand in that corral, he'd pace up and down in that corner, and then move down to the crash, and he would pray for an hour for us for the meetings I honestly and truly in my heart I believe that so much of what we've seen over the last five years in this place has been because he has prayed and he has declared the word and he has he's prayed in tongues over this place for an hour every Sunday that is a baton somebody can can pick up you know and are we going to pray like he has prayed we all know that he's a man of the word just how you know how many people have done way of the spirit with him, how many people's lives have been impacted by the word? Yeah, there's so many people's lives that have been impacted by the word and his passion for the word. And I want to be someone that is passionate for the word more than I ever have been before. And to carry that, I don't know how often his Bible was closed. Not, <laughs> not as often as mine is, I suspect. Um, you know, I always saw him with an open Bible. Passion for the lost and passion for missions. Yeah, that, is, that, that was one of the things that's defined his life, isn't it? It has defined his life for I don't know how long. It's defined Elka's life for I don't know how long as well. And as a couple and as a family, they are, have a, such a heart for mission and a heart for the lost. And we've got that. We've got that. But we can go further. We can run harder. We can run faster. We can go further in our heart and passion for that. And let our determination be that. And the one that I missed off um, was for healing. You know, his, his absolute passion for healing and his faith for healing and his uh, determination to pray for whoever, however, whenever was something that we are reaching for, isn't it? We are reaching for it. So shall we put that, take that today and say, okay, God, I want a fresh determination in my heart. I want a fresh determination that I'm going to pick up whatever it is that God puts on your heart to pick up. And I'm going to run and I'm going to push harder and I'm going to use all that he has done up till now as a passion and as a, a springboard. Let's let him be a springboard into, uh, into the greater things that God's got for us. And let us pray that Joshua and Samuel take up all the, the legacy that has been put so deep in them. They know all those things. They're not things they've got to find out about. Nigel has put those things and Elka has put those things deep in them. And that they will run with those things. 
We've got a royal baton, uh, a royal baton that we can take hold of today. Praise God. Now, we're not preaching Nigel this morning. We've preached Jesus. And that would be definitely what you would want us to do. And we definitely know that's what Nigel would want us to do. But I think we can learn from one another as well. And if there's no other time when you can learn from somebody, it's in a situation like this. And also we can learn, right, this is how we will go on. So, very shortly, I'm not going to speak much longer. We are going to do what the Fraser family do when trouble hits. And that is they worship. You know, that is built into their family like no other that I have ever seen. And sometimes it's through gritted teeth, but they go to worship and they love Jesus. And that's what we're going to do very, very soon, because that's where we must go. Uh, We may go through all the the strange and uncomfortable feelings that you go through in these times, but the place you have to go is to Jesus. You know, sometimes you can be almost in a situation of where something's gone wrong and you almost like hate and blame God. But it's still the place to go and worship him. That's where you were. Because he is our life. He is our healing. He is our strength. And uh, so that's why we're going to go and worship. That's why we're going to go and meet with him. Because it's a question of the baton that Claire was talking about. It's what we're going to pick up. I wonder if someone will pick up that praying for an hour. Isn't that incredible that he would do that before the meeting? You know, will somebody pray up, pick up his absolute love for healing? He was always reading stuff, but well, he was a doctor as well. But, so he, he was leading up on natural healing. But he was also reading up and studying spiritual uh, healing from God and healing in Jesus. He knew more about all the different theologies of healing than I ever have done. And who's picking that up? You know, because, and we do have to go back to the one at the end of that list of five, the extraordinary miracles. We do have to go back to that we're praying for healing. And then, of course, the, the, the one in the middle is salvations. You know? That we're praying for people to be saved. And that is very much Nigel's heart. Will we pick that up? Um, praying for the fulfillment of promises. Well, certainly some feel like they are not there right now because Nigel's no longer with us. And we wouldn't have included that in any promise there would be promises to be fulfilled in him and then there's the financial one you know and Nigel was someone that believed and taught in tithes and offerings as well there's all these things to pick up because I think this is a a dramatic point for us I think it's actually a point of change in everything that God has been doing in us. When Nigel spoke at the beginning of the year, he spoke on relationship because he could see that God was doing something new amongst us where we were learning to let go of individualism solely and learn to share and be with one another. We've been too good at being individuals uh, because that's the way the secular world is. And God was showing us how to learn and how to become community together. And... It was Jesus talking about himself that unless a seed dies and goes into the earth, there won't be any fruit from it. Of course, Jesus is resurrected and lives in heaven with God, as does Nigel right now. But from that seed, what fruit will there be? The fruit from Nigel, the fruit from Nigel and Elka, the fruit from Nigel and Elka and Samuel and Joshua that will flourish because of that. 
This is the time for that, that fruit to grow so much more, to flourish so much more. I wanted, I believed, I expected Nigel to be one of the first extraordinary miracles. It was a shock that we got to this point, wasn't it? It just it wasn't what we were going to go for. We were going for extraordinary miracles. So what do you do when you haven't had it? You can blame God and get angry with him. And if you're there right now, go and have a go at him. He can take it. He's not going to get cross with you. If that's where you are, you take it out on him. I recommend that rather than anyone else. Such as the DPD delivery people. <laughs> But really, go to him. Get from him. Okay, what do I do then, Lord? What, what am I doing? What about healing? Let alone extraordinary miracles. Yeah, we've seen healings. We see healings. We, we sat in the hospice with Nigel and told him about physical healings we had seen in Italy. And he was excited about it. What do we do about them? Do we stop? Because that's, this one didn't seem to work. Or do we take hold of what he believed? I want to honour Nigel and his family. Because he didn't give up. He didn't give up on healing. He didn't give up on extraordinary miracles. He didn't give up on believing for people to be saved. He didn't give up for any of these things. You see, God has told us to pray with a shameless audacity. And you can, there's different ways you can look at that shame, but you can, a kind of shame can, could potentially come upon us that in this we failed. That's how you could feel about it. And therefore, you lose that audacity to pray for the things of God. That's not what Nigel would have wanted. That's why not where Jesus is encouraging us. And that's not where we can encourage one another. I don't know about you, but from this, there is working in me a kind of a determination, a resoluteness to not let go of anything that we've been preaching about, talking about, holding on to, praying for. I don't believe this denies any of that. Because Jesus told us to pray, your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. But we will never see the fullness of heaven while we're here. Nigel is seeing the fullness of heaven right now. We're still here. But we can see an increase of that rule and reign of Jesus here on this planet. And that includes healing, and that includes those extraordinary miracles. Jesus said, you will ask, and you will seek, and you will knock. And because of your shameless audacity, these things will be given to you. So it either pushes you back, the circumstances either push you down, or you stand on those circumstances... Still acknowledging that you're going to go through sorrow and pain, but I'm going to stand on them. Because this is not what I'm living for. And we'll stand together and comfort one another and show our community out there that there is another way. There is a way of hope. There is a way of love. There is a way of joy. There is a way of perfection. And we will continue to pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And we will ask and we will seek and we will knock. And we will not let go of the five things that God said were being stolen from us and that we needed to take back. So we will not let go of praying for 
individuals and the community to be financially blessed so that we can be generous and a benefit to those around us. We will not stop praying for healing amongst different people. We won't stop. We won't stop. Why would we? You know, Digel was a doctor. I wonder how many people went to his surgery and he prescribed medication for them and it didn't work. I mean, that was never his desire, obviously. But it it happens. You don't stop going to the doctor because something didn't work. You don't say, well, I'm not going to that hospital. I heard somebody, you know, didn't make it through. You know it's a place to go to. And that's just in the natural. So in the supernatural, why would you stop? Why would you stop? Instead, you think, right, this is it. I'm not allowing this to deflect me. I will take hold of... We, 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 it's time to come into that season of seeing families, individuals, groups of people saved together. That was Nigel's passion. Well, let's take hold of the seed that's sown. This is a costly seed. Let's not waste this. This is something that can push us on further. If I sound militant, it's not because I'm angry. It's because I'm just determined. I am just determined. This is my friend, and I'm not wasting this. The promises that God has given us. We will continue to pray, your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Because that's what he told us to do. And for the extraordinary miracles, we will not stop. That's my intention. That's this leadership's intention. We're standing together to believe still for these things. And we will learn to be better and better a community of love that worships God together and stands together through the hard times and the easy times. I want to read you something. It's very traditional. And then we're going to worship. Okay? There's a few other things that we will do. Today, if you remember, is supposed to be our summit offering day. Circumstances replace lesser things. Psalm 23. I've been reading this again. Let's just take a few thoughts from this. Because how do you go to Jesus? You don't just go to Jesus to get good feelings. You don't think, oh, I've tried praying and I didn't get a good feeling. You go to the Word. The Lord is the Word and Spirit. So we'll go to the Word. And when we read the Word, it can feel exciting, it can come alive, or it can feel empty, but it will still feed us. Okay? It will still feed us, even in times when we think, I can't really believe that right now. It doesn't matter. It's still true. You won't change it. It will change you. Okay? The Lord is my shepherd, it starts off with. He is still our shepherd. He is still leading us. We're in a broken world. We're in a world of sin, disease, and corruption, and it gets on us. Which is why we have to pray, your kingdom come and follow Jesus. He is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. You might feel very inadequate right now. How will we see everyone comforted? How will we see this church grow as we proclaim the gospel of Jesus? 
It's Nigel's funeral this week on 11 o'clock in swing at the parish church. And Nigel and Elka have asked that I would preach the gospel. And I will. Because I know that's what he would have wanted. It's an opportunity with people gathered to tell everyone about the amazing love of Jesus Christ. He is our shepherd. We don't have to live in want and need. He does provide. Even in times like this, he provides. He leads me to rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. How do you get that if you're not feeling like that? Well, you have to start spending time with him. It might not feel like peaceful streams. If all you can do is just sit and read this psalm, just do that. If all you can do is sit and listen to worship music, do that. If all you can do is, I use the Jesus prayer a lot, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And that idea of God's mercy and love and grace and anointing pouring out, it's just a way for me to be in his presence, like singing a chorus. Do what it takes. Because we don't want to turn away from what the Lord has given us and what Rigel has left us. He renews my strength. He does. He will guide me along the right paths, bringing honour to his name. And right after he's just said, the psalmist, I mean, he will bring me along the right path. He says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, or the valley of the shadow of death in some translations. So sometimes that right path doesn't go where we would choose to. Sometimes it is a dark, shadowy path. But he says, the psalmist, I will not be afraid. So he obviously is afraid. (laughs) He's telling himself not to be. There's nothing wrong with being fearful as long as you put it to God and be determined to overcome. We all have times of fear. Bravery is overcoming fear. Boldness is overcoming anxiety. It's not, it's not his absence. Some people think that because they feel these things, they've got a, you know, a problem. And obviously there are extreme con- ways that it becomes a problem. It's not a problem in the sense of it's life. And we take courage from God to overcome. In the same way healing overcomes sickness and salvation overcomes eternal separation from God. Those things are still there, but you overcome. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Whether you feel it or not, he's there. Sometimes, I don't know about you, I feel like, where are you? And he's there. He's not going to leave you. That happened in the Garden of Eden. It's not going to happen again. He didn't leave us. Adam tried to leave him. Adam and Eve tried to hide from him. He won't let you hide from him. A bush is not good enough. Nothing is good enough, as Jonah found out. But that's another story. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Protect because the rod, or the, could have been the shepherd's club, was for beating off, attacking, and getting rid of the things that would come against the sheep. The Lord fights for you. You may feel fearful about the enemy coming against you, but he's there 
in fact, with this huge sword, not just a club. And you will fight the enemy off. But you may have to go through a dark valley. You always have to go through the valley before you get to the mountaintop. And then the mountaintop is so much more clear and beautiful and wonderful because you know the contrast. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. This is the table. You prepare a table for me, it says in other translations. And we know now, the psalmist didn't know it, that this table was the table that Jesus would sit at with 12 disciples. And there would be that cup. This cup is poured out for you. This cup is the cup of my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. And how important has that become to us so recently? Because everything, all the promises, all the healing, all the miracles, all the financial issues, whatever is going on in your life, they are there in the blood of Christ. This cup is poured out for you. This cup is on a spread. The table's full of everything you need. And yet it's only full of one thing, really, that cup, because that cup in that is everything you need. But it's not just a table hidden in a cellar. It's right there in the presence of the enemies, of your enemies. So we chase them 35 miles down the road while sat at a table. You honour me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. The oil, of course, is the Spirit of God that's poured on you. You are anointed with oil. When you went to the king's table, which this is referring to, the king would have you anointed with oil to honour you as you approached. Well, as you approach God, as you come before God, God is continuously anointing you with oil. The oil of the Holy Spirit, that you can be in his presence. You see, we could at this point become like a super-duper victorious church. But that's really denial. If it becomes a denial of the way you feel. Living in victory is saying, this is the truth. This is what I'm aiming at. This is where I will stand. At times I feel like I'm over here, but this is where I'm going to choose to be. This is my place of victory. And Nigel will have a huge smile on his face as he sees the people pressing into God. Believe me, it would be huge. There was nothing more wonderful to him than to see people getting to know Jesus better. He, he was just something he loved. And surely, goodness and mercy, or unfailing love, as it says in this translation, will pursue me all the days of my life. This doesn't feel good. See, it's okay to say stuff like that. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This doesn't feel good. No. But I know the Lord. And from this incredible good will come. It's not the way we would have done it. No way. But from... I mean, it feels, doesn't it, unjust. It feels unfair. It feels this shouldn't happen. All those feelings are correct. Because we yearn for heaven where they don't. 
Nobody gets, will get snatched from us in heaven. Nobody will be taken away from us in heaven. But here, we have to trust God to turn what is evil into good. For in all these things, all, all, God works for the good of those who love him. And he does. And as this drives us into God, I know from this will come many great things. If you're visiting this morning, it probably feels, I don't know, a little bit strange being here and we're sort of sharing our family hearts and sort of going, bleh, to you, you know. But actually, this is who we are. We, we don't live an act. We're not forced. We're, this, this is our lives. We trust God. We will lean on God. We believe in healing. We believe in miracles. We believe for the goodness and mercy to follow us all the days of our lives. But we're also learning that in this world, there are times when there is suffering. And Jesus told us we would have it. But sometimes in the church, particularly the sort of evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal blobby bit that we're part of, probably, (laughs) maybe, I don't know, it's... It's neglected. And I think we need to learn again how to trust and live through these things. Because we're surrounded by a town of people that have been through some terrible stuff. And they want to hear the message of victory. They want to hear that God will meet with them in that. They want to know that Jesus will take them through. But they also want to know that Jesus will live with them through that. Because it's not a question of done, 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 done. 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 It's a journey. Jesus said, I am the way. He could have said, I am the final solution. But he said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am a full stop. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am someone to follow. I am someone to be on a journey with. Until we come to the final journey, when we go to be with him. Because we will all go through that valley. The wonderful thing about being with Nigel was he never seemed to even doubt where he was going ever. He knew. As I know many of you do. I mean, I know. If today's my last day, I know where I'll be. And we never know when that last day might be. I... I think you become hypersensitive to them, but a, a distant, not a distant, but a person I don't, haven't seen or known for a long time, and they sort of crop up on your Facebook, and they talked about, um, I think it was their wife, but I'm not sure, who, while gardening with them, had suddenly gone to be with the Lord. Do we know where we're going? And are we going to make the most of what we have now? I don't just mean a supernatural, noble, noble thing of, oh, I will just only preach the gospel. We have these things now. We have the preciousness of each other now. We have a family to love and support. Goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And we will continue to pray, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We will not be deflected. And I will live is the final line. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. 
We know where we're going. Let's worship God in all that we do while we're on that journey to the house of the Lord forever. While we're living on this representation, this manifestation of the house of God here on earth. Amen? Amen. So, shall we return to that determination? This is, uh, uh, and come before God and praise God. Are we ready to do that together? Well, let's, yes, honour Nigel and the family, but this is a time to honour God. Let's focus on Jesus then. And let that kind of determination and resoluteness take hold of you as well. It was wonderful to hear that first song, the way it was being declared in this building. Be thou my vision. Be thou, you be my, well, you be the vision of my life. You be my direction. You be my passion. I mean, come on, let's stand. Hallelujah. Let's begin to just, before they start even, just begin to praise God. Because it's to Him that we're going. It's to Him that we are declaring, He is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. He is the mighty Saviour. He is the wonderful Counselor. Hallelujah. He is here right now. He is here amongst us. And in this town, we will proclaim the name of Jesus. And Jesus will be famous in Scarborough. Jesus will be famous in this borough of Scarborough. Jesus will be famous in this county of Yorkshire. And Jesus will be famous in this nation. And Father, we pray that in all things, you will work for the good of those that love And Father, we pray we lift Elka and Joshua and Samuel and Chris and Natasha and Nick and the other members of the family to you right now, Father. That you would comfort them. That you would strengthen them. That you would give them fresh vision and hope for a future. Hope for a future. Fresh vision and hope for a future in you. As we stir together, Lord, to worship you together. To glorify your name together. Because in all things, you are a good God. And in all things, we will give thanks. And in all things, we will praise you. We will worship you. We will glorify you. Oh, Jesus, you're wonderful. You're amazing. You're glorious. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that Nigel's with you right now in the biggest praise session he's ever had. I thank you that he's happy. I thank you that he's healed. And I thank you that he's secure in you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.